do no harm. Frustrated with your pain or injury? That sucks, but I'm here to help. Hi, my name is Denise DeShetler and I'm a body worker and educator. Why is it so hard to find the care we need to feel better? Most of my clients have asked that question for years until we started working together. Now I'm gonna help you find those answers. I'll explore different health disciplines and chat with talented practitioners. We'll share our insights and practical advice to help you get the results you need to feel good again. Because seeking the right care for your health can be a pain in the arse. But with me, your wellness journey will turn into a fun-filled adventure. Buckle up, baby, for the Passionate Health Advocate Show. Welcome, listeners, and thanks for joining. I'm happy you're here. Today we are going to a place where asthma and allergies are significantly decreased. Let's buckle up. Welcome to the land of nose washing. We are searching for Dr. Hannah Solomon. She is a doctor, author, entrepreneur, inventor on a mission to clear the air one nose at a time in this polluted world. Is that you? Thank you. It's so exciting to perhaps go along a path of learning how we can clear the air. Yes, that's me. My name is Dr. Hanna. I'm a pediatrician and my whole life has been focused on clearing the air one nose at a time so that we can avoid the sniffles, the snotties, the drippy, the coughing, and maybe even avoid the medications, the antibiotics, the decongestants, and avoid the surgeries by cleaning the nose. I know it's a new idea in America, although it's been around for centuries, 5,000 years, um, folks would uh, use a little neti pot, also known like, uh, for those who do not know what a neti pot is, it's shaped like a teapot. And um, Buddhist monks would irrigate their nasal passages to stay well. And they would do it before meditation because they understood that breathing through the nose was the essence of being centered and being healthy and being able to take a good breath. Oh, that's lovely. Wow. We are in for a real treat today. Dr. Hanna has definitely invited us to a wonderful land and we want to learn more about it. So there's a lot of history but let's find out more about how you, Hannah, arrived at this land of nose washing. Can you tell us how you got here? Yeah, I was born post-World War II. My parents were released from a displaced persons camp and we immigrated to Brooklyn and I became naturalized when I was six or seven. And uh, I was raised by my mother, and grandmother who reminded us that unless you're near death, um, you get up and you go to school and um, just keep marching. If you were sick, you'd have chicken soup. Um, and um, so my background was uh, 
being independent and not necessarily dependent on um, doctors and quote, the modern world. Um, as a very young adult, I was about 18 or 19, uh, because of some events, I chose to leave the ghetto of Brooklyn and uh, hitch across the country and I landed on the farm in Summertown, Tennessee. Um, it was the largest spiritual commune at the time. And I thought a good way to change the world would be to live in this uh, community where we could show how to be self-sufficient, self-reliant. And I certainly learned a great deal. And the thing that I learned most was that I needed to leave and go educate myself because mm. I could not empower others unless I was empowered. So as a single mom, two kids, I left the farm at age 27 and without any money, a car, a house, a job, um, within two weeks, I managed to borrow rent and get, uh, I started college. Uh, my kids were in daycare. I had a house, I had a car, a lot of borrowed money. And three years from that date, I was starting med school. Wow. And so when I was exposed to the doctors that we used to have, the kind that practiced the art of medicine, the compassion of medicine. I had two physicians who taught me that, and I was old enough that I really heeded their advice. Mm -hmm. And one of them um, always, he was an ears, nose and throat doctor. And uh, I mentioned him in my book, and I will be sharing that with you and your audience, Dr. David Parsons. And he said, Hannah, if I could get any, every child that came to me to wash their nose, I would never have to do surgery again. I became a pediatrician and as a hippie pediatrician doctor who had two rules, don't ask a two-year-old patient to do something that I would might not do myself and treat my patients like I would want my own children to be treated. So very quickly, I was becoming the snot nose expert because except for well child, almost every visit was related to what started with a snotty nose, mm -hmm. whether it was an ear infection, a sinus infection, a respiratory issue, it was always in the nose. So I, being true to my oath as a doctor, first do no harm, I thought, aha, uh -huh, why don't I wash it before we medicate it? I, I took his, I, I, um, few years, I was doing some studies in my clinic, doing questionnaires. Uh, fast forward, I decided to de uh, invent and produce and offer a nose wash that even I could use because I'm not a good swimmer. I hate water in my nose. <laughs> um, that's my story. And I, I what what I'm passionate about is getting folks to clean something before they medicate it or surgerize it. If your nose is dirty, infected, inflamed, bleeding, why not wash before we do anything else? It just makes sense. 
That does make sense. It does make sense. And how many people are hearing this? We wash everything else. I mean, you wash everything if you have a wound, right? You put a Band-Aid on it. I mean, it's just, it's a natural thing. I guess people don't think about the nose. It's not discussed. So I'm so happy that we're here and you can tell us more about it. So if we fall, you're right. If on this trip, on this adventure, if we fall and get a dirty, if we get a cut on our knee, and uh, obviously if you fell on the ground, it's dirty. Anyone with common sense, you don't have to be a medical doctor a chiropractor or an aeronautical engineer to know you got a dirty cut, then wash it. Mm-hmm. That's all I am asking folks to do much like, um, do you want to have good, healthy teeth and gums? Well, they get dirty every day. What we've learned is brushing them helps the health of your teeth. Maybe we should back up and say in this world, on this adventure, in any 24 hour period, we are breathing 10,000 liters of air through the nose. The nose works to filter, humidify, and and warm the air we breathe that reaches the lungs. Mm -hmm. The nose does a hefty job in protecting us. 200 years ago, if you lived out in the farm and you're eating natural foods and you weren't exposed to pollution and viruses galore, you didn't really need to think about washing your nose. But we don't live in that world anymore. And I'm sorry to say, in most of the medical schools, they will teach you what drugs to give and what to do when an antibiotic has caused bacterial resistance or diarrhea or perforation of the bowel or an allergy, or it didn't really solve the problem because the patient's back again in a month or whatever. They teach them how to put Band-Aids on, but they don't teach them the most basic common sense ideas. And that is really a shame. And that's why I wrote the book, Clearing the Air One Nose at a Time, because people must be informed and empowered. Okay. Yes. That sounds like a great topic. And, you know, obviously if the main public isn't hearing of this, I mean, obviously you just said in a lot of medical schools, this isn't even covered. Can you study our galore? Okay. So can you give us an example? Because you said you started to, you started to do some testing in your clinics and this led you down this path. So what have you found now, you know, through your research, uh, the difference of how you've been treating your patients that actually you're cleaning their noses? What can you give us some examples of, of how this is helping people? Absolutely. Um, I actually completed an IRB, which is a uh, investigational review board approved study by the University of Missouri. And I have that data. I was not able to publish it because I owned the device, the wash. I didn't know that at the time, but I have the study. But in the back of my book, and I can email you, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of independent studies 
that look at the following. There's one study that says that hypertonic buffered nose wash, which is super salty, but buffered so it doesn't burn, mm -hmm. that nose wash can remove 80% of the allergens, shrink swollen membranes. There's another study looking at thousands of people who have documented sinus infections. I'm talking fever, green snot, sick, sick for at least a week. Half of them irrigated their nasal passages. The other half used antibiotics. 80% of the folks that use nasal irrigation were perfect wow. in six weeks. I'm not saying only wash forever. I am saying consider washing every day. And if you get congested or sick, start washing twice a day. If you get infected, you should wash three or four times a day. And there's a good chance you won't need the antibiotic. Wow. Are you hearing this folks? This is a big deal. That is a really, really big deal, especially in the time period we're at now with all the fires and the pollution and a global pandemic. What about the children and the adults with asthma? Mm -hmm. cannot, most asthma episodes begin in the nose. Yeah. One of my favorites is as the nose goes, the ears follow the sinuses and the bronchial tubes. That's where your asthma issues are. If you have a clean nose, studies show your asthma meds are greatly reduced in frequency and amounts. Okay. Children who wash their nose regularly don't have as many ear infections. There's a particular study out of the Czechoslovakia. Uh, they looked at thousands of children that had all allergies during a certain season. And they too split that group. Part of them took the over-the-counter allergy meds or whatever for symptoms. And the mm -hmm. other group did nasal irrigation. The kids that did nasal irrigation had far fewer infections, missed fewer days of school and caused zero harm. Zero harm. Wow. Why aren't the big drug companies or why don't we know about this? Well, let me back up and say that when I first started my company, there was only two or three products out. And the next year, Oprah and Dr. Oz introduced the neti pot to the world. And from that point on, because it was cool, mm -hmm. many other companies have copied the original designs. My design has been copied by at least two other companies, uh, which in some ways I feel like high waters floats all boats. Yes. I don't care what you wash with. I want you to use fewer drugs and I want you to breathe normally, naturally. Um, so there are a lot of devices out there. Um, mine is one of the few that flushes along the nasal floor, makes a U-turn and exits. Mine is the only one that is recommended for a two-year-old. On my YouTube channel, you can see dozens and dozens of kids who do it. Um, so let's back up there real quick. Okay. Um, okay. So... There are a lot of nasal irrigation that you're saying that's out there. 
uh, before we go to your product, you know, for people listening, they're probably like, okay, I need to get on this ASAP. Uh, what do you recommend? Are there things, cause you're saying Azure Oath do not cause any harm. Uh, are there products out there that we need to be weary of or are, are all these products safe and good to use? That question is just way too broad. And because we live in America and mm-hmm. if we live in a litigious society, I've been warned to be careful because I'm a very tiny player. Yes, I understand. I can tell you that um, it makes sense for folks to uh, wash their nose. It makes sense for folks to consider a saline rinse. It makes sense to use one that does not have a preservative. It is my humble opinion, and I think the studies supported in my experience over the last 20 years with about 2 million nasopures in use, that the salty buffered version, hypertonic buffered, is one that removes the irritants, shrinks the membranes, thins the thick, sticky snot, augments healing, improves the filtering by 17%. And oh, the most important thing, it creates an environment uninhabitable for bacteria and viruses. And I can share this data with you in the audience. I gave a lecture to the American College of Osteopathic Family Physicians Mm -hmm. on the art and science of nasal irrigation. And um, I'm happy to share that with you. Okay. So you're going to say we will have access to that in the show notes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I'm going to email that zip file. Okay. You You can share it. All right, people. We can get more information. And as we were talking before this episode, uh, knowledge is power. And that's what we're about today. Giving us more information so we can make better choices. Oh, yeah, it's the passionate health advocate, Dance Breaks. Now get up and shake your thing. So let's go back to your company. Tell me the name of your company and the name of your product and how, uh, why you designed this product and why do you think it's so good? Why it's been working so well? I designed it because I needed a comfortable nose wash for my two-year-old patients. Okay. In, in fact, on one of my kits is a picture of actually that patient that I had in mind. She came from a very allergic family. And um, so I designed it because I needed something to offer my patients. Um, By the way, I used to give them the recipe and some generic bottle, and I would tell them to hold the bottle in a funky way. And then one Christmas, I decided uh, I made little kits at home and made these tiny little salt packets with tiny little labels and the next month or two in the winter, I offered the patients, here's my recipe, go buy your stuff, or give me a dollar for my homemade kit. And that was my first putting my toe in the business world of 
does this make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, It did. And um, because my company's mission is first do no harm, I decided to have my bottle, my unique patented design naso pure bottle manufactured a hundred miles from my home and not overseas. Okay, fantastic. About. And my kits, when they left my basement after the neighborhood college kids and high school kids couldn't keep up with the demand, <laughs> we moved to a sheltered workshop with disabled adults who continue to put these kids together for us. Nice. Again, first, do no harm. Yes. Every so the product that you have yes. for, for the nasal irrigation is called NasoPure. Is that correct? Yes. NasoPure. The formal is Dr. Hanna's NasoPure, but the world knows it is NasoPure. Okay. Yes. And a two-year-old can use it and yes. an adult. It doesn't matter. Anybody can use it. Well, um, yes. Anybody, if you're old enough to stand and hold a toothbrush, 18 months, 21 months, and your parent is beginning to teach you how to brush your teeth mm-hmm. and be learn. you can begin to learn to wash your nose. And like I say, on, I have lots of videos showing that. Um, the interesting thing is that a, children adapt to this incredibly easily. It's I like believe it. Teaching a six-month-old how to swim. It's the adult men who are my hardest customer. Mm-hmm. And then the folks who have been, I'm going to say, nasally abused, you know, maybe it's the child who's never breathed through his nose. We've all known this kind of kid who talks like this and his mouth is real narrow and he yeah. has adenoids and poor child and he snores all the time. The times you should never use NasoPure. Okay. Never force anybody, never do it to anybody. If you've had a stroke or you cannot control your airway, do not use it. If you have, for example, severe cerebral palsy, nobody should be doing it for you. Yeah. On the other hand, people who have cystic fibrosis, they should do it every single day. Uh, Firefighters exposed to pollution and bog and smoke and at least once a day, if not twice a day. It's exciting to consider that the world is opening their minds to this because of bacterial resistance, the incredible risk to sinus surgery. Once you go in there and change the anatomy, it's never back to the way it was intended. The way we're made, the sci- we make a pint to a quart of mucus per day. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. <laughs> it's very protective. But the sinuses are made for the drainage to go outward. And um, if the mucus gets so plugged, things get clogged up. And right. you can imagine that drugs can only do so much. But if you could actually clear the passageway, clear the piping then the mucus can drain and things don't get infected. Yes, yes. And I I imagine right now, as we're living with COVID-19 around the world, 
Uh, are you seeing if, if everyone does start nasal washing, nose washing? There is an increase. And I'm aware of approximately 10 studies that began at the onset of COVID and since looking at nasal washing. There's a recent study out of uh, Europe um, mm -hmm. that looked at nose washing and gargling with salt water and it reduced the COVID load. But that is common sense. Mm -hmm. That, I'll give you another example. There's a study uh, at Vanderbilt right now looking at high, I think it's hypertonic salt with baby shampoo for COVID. That makes sense. I personally have recommended baby shampoo for about 20 years in certain cases. If you're washing your hands mm -hmm. because you wanna get rid of COVID, which is a virus, but you're washing your hands with antibacterial soap, how's that work? It's cause the virus outer layer has likes fat globules surfactant and the soap adheres to the virus. And when you're rinsing your hands, the virus gets flushed. Mm -hmm nasal washing with soap, I'm talking about a tiny bit, is being studied. Okay. I can tell you, it cannot do harm. If that it's is done very fascinating. Yeah. But will you yeah. hear it? Only after somebody patents the recipe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you're here to tell us, or I'm glad we are, we've come to your land so you can really inform us because- as everyone knows on this show, it's all about advocating for your health and finding what resonates with you. And this is really good information. I know personally in our household, there's a uh, nose bleeding and snoring happening because of the dry weather, uh, the polluted air from the fires. Uh, what is your opinion as far as uh, nasal cleaning compared to snoring? Do you find that also helps with snoring? Okay, so snoring. Let's put snoring in two categories. Mm -hmm. One is central sleep apnea. And the typical patient is a 45 and beyond overweight male who snores. But when he snores or she, they snore and hold their breath for at least 15 seconds and then hold it. That's sleep apnea. They need a sleep study. And we could talk about that separately, but most people who have snoring that comes and goes, mm -hmm. um, that is not that long in duration when they stop breathing, that's from your nose not being opened and you have to breathe. So you open your mouth and then you snore. Um, we know for certainty that nasal irrigation can shrink swelling. It could remove excessive snot. And I hate to use or mucus, but in some cases when people, children are congested, they're sick, they actually are impacted with thick snot and we mm -hmm. need to get it out. Yes. And um, on my YouTube channel, there's a child that is, it's a very long uh, video, but you see this humongous impaction come out of her as she's washing. Now, in another, mm -hmm. if she hadn't washed, she'd be under the knife eventually Wow. or get meningitis. 
Mm -hmm. Um, So here's what I think. Snoring is, um, is similar to recurrent sinus infections. Snoring is similar to recurrent allergic rhinitis or nose issues from allergies. In all those situations, washing is the first step. And if you do it correctly, there's a really, 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 really good chance you won't need the second step. Now, when we talk about allergies in this land that we're exploring. Yes, let's talk about it. I'm sure a lot of people are interested in allergies. If you're going to remove 80% of the allergens that you just breathe in through your nose because you don't want it to go into your lungs or become uh, invade into your mucosa, and then you'll build antibodies against and you'll have symptoms, right? If you remove Mm -hmm. the allergens, you avoid those symptoms. But the other... That's one way to decrease the toxic load. But when we talk about toxic load and allergies, we also have to talk about the foods you eat and you must clean up your diet to decrease the inflammatory precipitators that trigger you and every person's different. Mm -hmm. You have to educate yourself about what your triggers are. And, um, you have to stop putting chemicals on your skin. And one of my favorite books that I've recommended for about 25, 30 years is My House is Killing Me by John May. Oh yeah. Um, Because that's the other place that needs to get cleaned up if you're gonna truly decrease your toxic load. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. What do you, I know, I mean, I feel that that information may be more mainstream than the nasal cleaning. I think now more people are realizing, oh, maybe the cleaning products we're using aren't so safe and let's get rid of that in the house. And maybe there are certain animals that live with us and that could trigger it. What do you say to seasonal allergies? Um, If someone has spring allergies, uh, so that we know that it's airborne. Denise, I need to back up. It's very rare that you find a person who has a single seasonal allergen, Mm -hmm. right? You're almost often allergic to multiple things, which is why I talk about decreasing the toxic load. But let's, let's take your situation. I'm perfect, but I happen to go out in the spring and I'm exposed and I'm sneezing. Well, let's see, if you go to the doctor, he will or she will give you either a nasal steroid, a nasal decongestant, or an oral antihistamine, Mm -hmm. or an oral steroid, or a nasal antihistamine, or something like Singulair. Um, But what all those things are, are what? They are to cover up the symptoms Right. Well, you could do that. But me, as an old hippie doctor, why don't we wash it first? You'll use 80% less whatever drug. You will suffer 80% less. And you've, it's the big picture of decreasing the toxic load. Yes, um, that makes sense. I'm sorry to say Americans are very comfortable popping a pill, even if it's a tiny pill, 
they think mm -hmm. it cannot harm them. I, yeah, cannot... it's, it's unfortunate because I know uh, a lot of people, myself included growing up, if you had allergies, uh, you didn't know what to do. You, you, you just didn't want to suffer through. You'd had the shots. You did. You, is that what you're speaking of? Um, well, I'm this? just, I'm speaking of people I know and myself. I, I had as what I thought seasonal allergies and it's definitely in the location where I grew up and going back to that and trying to function, uh, working in an educational camp and trying not to fall off a 40 foot ropes course because I have allergies. So yeah, I was, I was medicated every day for that. And I know, uh, you know, people, in my family had major, you know, ear infections and major allergies. So I know we were exposed to that, but it was just, you did what you knew. So I'm glad to hear that there's another way around it and it's not too late. We can start washing our noses now. Today is the first day of the rest of our lives. So let's get started. Yes. Yeah, so those listening, any family members, you know who I'm talking about, let's get started. <laughs> It, when you share my book, I want to point out that under the children's chapter, there are age-specific instructions. So if you okay. have a child that's aged two to four, you can read that page. But if your child is seven to nine, that's a different species. You yes. approach that child very different than a younger. So I, I have never met a person that I could not get to wash their nose comfortably. All right. Well, that's good to know. I and would challenge so, anybody. <laughs> right. That's a good challenge. That's a good challenge. So we're going to have this information in the show notes. So tell me again, the name of your book. The name of my book is clearing the air one nose at a time, caring for your personal filter. Um, the product is naso pure N A S O P U R E. And it could be found at nasopure.com or um, okay. So we can go to your website and that's where we can actually get, uh, to purchase that. Okay. And, um, so they're readily available there. We can start there. Uh, I know a lot of people might be some Amazon junkies and may just try to Google you can also Google it, but definitely on your website, we'll start there first. But what's really special is Dr. Hanna is actually going to be loading us with a PDF of the book. So all you have to do is check in on the notes and you'll be able to read that information. You'll get a link, which I think is so wonderful. And she's all about spreading information that can help our health and a true pioneer in that. And I'm really grateful that she's here showing us around. And I think this is definitely eye-opening. And we're here to open, open minds and try new things that maybe, you know, this is a path you want to be on. And I think now more than ever, one, we're in a global pandemic, two, we're in the middle of flu season and it's just in time for the holidays. I know a lot of people are staying put, but if you happen to see somebody else, you're gonna to wanna to keep yourself clean inside and out. So this is fantastic. Is there anything else you wanna, like any tips or anything you wanna leave us with before we go? My tip is that anybody could Google the NasoPure phone number and if they ever have a nose question, oh. they can call or they could email us. Okay. Because that's what we focus on is the information. All right. That's great. Look at that. Ongoing, ongoing resources. I absolutely love it. Great. 
Thank well, you thank so you. much for having, having me. And I hope that everyone has happy breathing. Oh, me too. Because I know in my world, we're always talking about breathing and it's definitely vitality for life. And we want more of that. So thank you for inviting us to the land of nose washing. And I think all of us may want to take another visit from time to time. So thank you so much and have thank a wonderful you. holiday. Be well. Before we go, I'd like to wish each and every one of you love, laughter, good health, and peace of mind for this holiday season. The Passionate Health Advocate Show will be back in 2021 to bring you more strength, resilience, and vitality for the new year. I can't wait to chat with you then. Thanks for joining the Passionate Health Advocate Show with your host, Denise DeShutler. Like what you hear? Then subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.